me too, yeah. bro. I'm experience. I was I was talking. Uh, so you hit me up after. Did you watch that one or did you actually like? Because you hit me up after I posted the last episode. Mm-hmm. Did you just see the stuff and you're like, dude, I'd love to be on? Yeah, I saw. Who was it? Sam. Sam Loving. Yep, Sam Loving, Carter Dynam. He was like, he was asking, or he was like, I was thinking about this podcast today, and I was like, yo. <laughs> That would be fire to be on. And then you was like, yo, we can get E on here too. I was like, bet. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, I was sitting here because you hit me up and I'm like, you know, I feel like Elijah might be interesting to have on too. And then I was talking to Emily and she was like, you should have Elijah on too. And Grace confirmed it too. So I'm like, all right, sick. Yeah. When you approached awesome. me, I was like, we are on a podcast and we drink root beer. Like, why would you not <laughs> want facts. You know? Okay. I am really curious. Okay. Well, while we're talking about the root beer, we're drinking Hanks today. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about this other than it looks like a cool label. It reminds me of the Guinness label. So mm. it's I'm, pretty good. I'm about it. I see. I'm getting a little bit of cough drop taste. So maybe I should take that out first before. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. It's Ooh. not too, it's not too harsh. There's some very sweet root beers out there, but this one is like, it's not. It's not heavy, but <clears throat> Kenton, sorry, not Kenton. Kent, hold on, I might cut this. Do I call you Kenton or do I call you KJ? Because I, I, I knew you as KJ, and right. then once Emily and I started dating, all I just heard like, oh, he wants to be called Kenton now. I'm like, okay, which one is it? Honestly, man, the, the our church is used to KJ. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not one of those who are like, you know, if you don't call me, you can't. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. People, first of all, people who are like that, you're lame. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I would like to be called Kenton. I'm. If you notice, I'm I'm trying to do that. You know, because I was back in the the old yeah. days, KJ. But yeah, the old days. How long have you got? How how far do you guys go back? Like two. Yeah, only two <laughs> years. Only two years. years yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my boy was in Brazil, Brazil, and then yeah. moved up here. Wait, yeah. you were in Brazil, Elijah? Yeah. Hold, hold up, this just got way more interesting. Okay, why were you in Brazil, and for how long? Okay, so long story. Um, so my wife and I, uh, we went Shout to school out. at World Life Bible Institute in upstate New York. Okay, and it they do a lot of different things. They do like camps. They do. You ever heard of like um, Olympians? It's like I don't know that I have Awana. Yeah, Awana. Yeah, yeah. it's like we're life's version of Awana. Okay, Olympians. Okay, gotcha. And then they like did other events. Like um, used to be called Super Bowl. Now it's called Reverb. Where they like it was like an all nighter for like high school students. Like they did a like basketball game or a uh, hockey game and like they then the gospel would be presented and then they would take them to like different locations like bowling or like a full on gym with inflatables and that was like um one of the outreach events so like where life does a bunch of stuff um so um, yeah my wife Liz and I um we went to the Bible Institute yeah um 2 years and then I, she came back here because she's from here, from Elkhart. And then I switched over to the international ministries. So I was like under this title of like cross-cultural internship. Gotcha. So CCI, we like to paraphrase everything. Um, and I chose my location as Brazil. And, uh, Brazil? Yeah, because my best friend was there. Um, and he like 
How did you make a best friend in Brazil? Well, so we went to first year together. Okay. My my story is long. We went to first year together, and then um, my, I guess you could say second year at Word of Life, I switched over to like staff, sort of, where I was like on a traveling band, kind of like life action. Yeah, yeah. And he finished his second year while I was doing the traveling band. Then I went back and did my official second year at the Bible Institute. Right. And that's when my wife was there. Okay. So we did second year together. She did it like her first year was when I was on the band. So um, my best friend, we became best friends during first year. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then uh, during my second year, like there's one class in the Bible Institute where it's, um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. But, um Basically, you go for like a week uh, to a different country. It's missions reality. Okay. You're, you're realizing missions. Okay, gotcha. So he was already over there doing CCI, cross-cultural internship. Yeah. And uh, on our way back, flying back to the States, we stopped in the city that he was in at the time. Let's just say he was super depressed at the time. Um, and... Uh, and he was actively on like the missions trip thing. He, uh, well, he was like there because the cross cultural internship was like two years. Jeez. So like I was only staying for a week because it was like a class. Yeah. But he like went beyond the institute and was like an intern with the international ministries of the Word of Life. Um, so he was he was committed. Right. And so like when I was about to fly back, like you know. I saw him, so it was a good time. And then uh, he was, like, super lonely because there's, like, not a lot of guys who do that program. Yeah. There's a lot of women, you know, just in any ministry thing. But One would think that that'd be good for a single dude. Well, he was dating field. at the time. Okay. So it was, okay. it was good in that way. But, okay. like, yeah. Um, so we were saying our goodbyes, and he just, like, hugs me, and he just whispers in my ear. He just is saying over and over and over again, like, please come, please come, please come. And I was like, I'm one thing you should know about me is like, I'm like a, um, like a German shepherd or a golden retriever. I'm just, I'm super loyal. Yeah. So like Facts. I fall through. So I said, Facts. I'll come, which, you know, was not like, <clears throat> did not consult the Lord or anything like that <laughs> beforehand. But I was like, all right, I'm doing it. Cause I said, I'll come yeah. I'll follow through what I said. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the Lord worked through it. But I went there, um, and, you know, I had to do the whole support raising process. And then in January, I went there, and he had actually come back to marry his now wife. And they were in the process of switching over passports. So he wasn't even there. And I was like, you just sent me to this country, like, and you're not even here. And uh, I was dating, you know, yeah, my... Yeah. Uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, I'm like so far away from her. And it's like, I'm so alone. You just literally did to me what, what you were feeling. So wait, he left Brazil. He left Brazil to go marry his wife. But he was going to come back. Yes. Okay. But then, okay, COVID happened. Ooh. Yeah. And, Rip. and so I was there. I was in that, like the, the spot I was in was Achibaya, Brazil. Um, and that was like kind of the hub for, cause there's a few different locations in Brazil itself for Word of Life. Um, 
And I was in that spot, supposed to be there for like two or three months to like learn the language, learn the culture. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to Southern Brazil where, where he was originally because we were going to work together. Yeah. Well, COVID happens and that two to three months turns into eight months. So you were stuck in Brazil during COVID. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And your wife is down there. Wait, you were dating at the time you weren't married yet. Right. So were you guys long distance? We were long oh distance. Oh my gosh, that's so, a nightmare. Yo, that is me, a nightmare. Hold on, hold on. Let me. When it comes to loyalty, dude, for real. Yo, my man's E. Like, I don't think there's anybody who's I've seen that's more loyal to him. What got you? Th- like long distance. I'm I'm side tangenting here, but like long distance for like eight months, dude. Well, so I was support raising as well. I mean, like, um. So that time in Brazil, yeah. like, was long distance. But, like, even after um, we left the Bible Institute, we were doing long distance. Because I'm originally from New Hampshire. Right. Okay. Um, and she's from here. So we, like, visited. So it was, like, a full-on year of just, like, long distance. But, like... What, what in the world kept you in that? For um, like, I mean, I'm not saying it's ridiculous. I'm just saying... Like hats off. That's very commendable. Like how, wh- what's the key for the long distance couples out there? What's the key? That I mean, like I pretty early on, like I approached my relationship with my wife now, like in a different way, like, you know, cause I had relation relationships previous. Right. But, um, in hindsight, I didn't think they were like anything serious. And so I approached hers differently where it was like, okay, I'm in it for like the long haul. The only way, like, we're out of this as if you say so. So I Dang. was like all in. Dang. Um, Put that foot down. Yeah. Hey, all you fellas. Yeah. Put the foot down. Put so. the foot down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like I did all the, I, I tell this to the, the young adults when we're, we're hanging out, like I did all the groundwork beforehand. Like we were friends beforehand. We knew each other all beforehand. Mm-hmm. So like I knew her personality and everything like that, and just who she was. And I said, like, this is someone I could marry. And then mm-hmm. once we started dating, it was like, all right, if I'm going to date her, like, this is, you know, I'm I'm in. This yeah. is going to be who I marry. And so, like, that whole dating process was like a switch of, like, okay, now I'm just following through with what I said in the aspect of, like, even, like, love's a choice. Like, I choose to love. So, like, every day I'm going to choose to love her. Mm-hmm. And so it was just following through with that, like, you know, certain there's, you get doubts, oh, obviously, but like, I was like, just combating the doubts and like saying, no, like, this is what I said. This is what I'm going to fall through. And so it, it, it's a choice and it, um, you know, it helped and it, it grew our relationship a lot, the long distance. Cause, um, you have to like grow in different ways Yeah, cause you're not like physically there. So communication is key. Like hundred percent. Like I don't have much long distance experience, but from what I have, that yeah, is key. It's that uh, is key. like I, uh, you know, you don't even know what communication is until like you're in it, and then you still are like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> so, like, yeah. But, oh my gosh, that's incredible. So okay, you're back in Brazil. Yeah. You're long distance. COVID happens. Um. Yeah. And then how long do you stay after COVID? So, yeah, I was like. I was there for eight months and then, so, I mean, this is where, like I said, communication's key. So right around that eight, eight month mark, like. Don't tell me you proposed. No, 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 no
I have more class. <laughs> I, you used Google Hangouts. Yeah. With the blurred background. Yeah. I would have um, cooked you if you did that. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah. you don't want to <laughs> over camera. Dude, I got a ring pop <laughs> in too. So <laughs> laying it on heavy. Um, <laughs> um, no, but around like the communications key. So um, she was struggling. I was struggling spiritually just because it was like, I was, it's difficult being in a country where you're like, don't speak the language. You don't oh, have yeah. like community, like anything like that. And for her, it was like, I'm not where she is. And so it's like, she's like building her own community. So KJ was there. Like KJ and I had met once cause I'd visited before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, um, didn't really, I don't, well, did we, were you there that first time? I actually? honestly don't even remember no, the first time I met you was when you came home, came home. Oh, yeah, that's Cause right. Because I was like, I remember when they were going through their little thing. Yeah. And like, you knew her wife at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were working together yeah. over the summer. Yeah. And I was like, dang, she really stressing over this, dude. You know? Mm, right. I didn't know what biblical love was like. Until well, this I, was like BC before conviction, like before yeah. you were saved. Yeah. Dang. So we'll get to that later. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but around that eight month mark, um, she thought I was like, I wanted to be like full time mission. And um, I was, you know, I was like, oh, like, no, like, you know, I was just here because, you know, I wanted to support my friend, be loyal to him. And then like he wasn't there. So like my my mindset changed where I was like, OK, I'm there for her. And I'm like the little stipend that I'm getting, I'm saving towards that ring like that, like. <laughs> That's not even 200 by week. Once again, yeah, commitment, like ministry money for a ring. That's, yeah. that's a struggle on so, its own. And so she calls me like around that eighth month mark and she wants to break things off. Cause dude. Yeah. So KG was there. So, and, and then, Ooh, that was a God moment. Um, and you know, like the communication, um, so we we both like realized like okay like um for me at least it was I decided you know if I didn't know for like three days if we were gonna be like make it or not that's rough so I was like weeping for those three days and um, didn't eat didn't really sleep and it was the same for her so we were like. But after that three days, it was like, okay, like, uh, she had decided beforehand, like, if I say yes to continuing this relationship, the way I'm going to say yes is that he has to come back by this certain point hmm. from Brazil. Cause, and on my own, like, in those three days, I was, like, thinking through, and I was like, you know, I was here for her, and so if we're not in the relationship anymore, there's no purpose for me to continue being here just because I was, you know, I wasn't there for the right reasons in the first place. Right. Um, and so like either way I was going to return, but if I, if we were still in the relationship, I was returning because right now she needed me where she was. Hmm. Um, and so like when we came back at that third day and we talked about it and, um, I said, like we said we'd continue and, um, and then uh, 
I was like, yeah, I, I need to go, go where you are. So, and she said the same thing. And so that next month was just like a huge godsend of like, uh, just figuring out plans because it worked out just everything lined up where I could come to Indiana because, um, you know, I was leaving the security blanket of my family of word of life, just everything. Hmm. And I just going out on a limb to come here. And it worked out where uh, Lifeline, where KJ and I worked and where KJ still works and where my wife was working at the time. Um, the guy who runs it was an alumni at Word of Life and has been trying to like build that connection with the organization for the longest time. That's sick. So you had so, a connection there. Yeah. So I was like kind of that missing link of like, okay, like I can intern for Word of Life at Lifeline um, and like still do what I'm doing. You know, I'm not like totally go out on a limb and have to find housing and a job. Like that was there here for me when I came, which was like a huge answer to prayer. So, Hmm. um, and yeah, that was like two years ago. Was it two years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two years ago. That's Um, huge. I think it was in September. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. So, um, that's awesome. That's a great, I feel like you've, uh, cause you're how old? 25. You're 25. Yeah. That's, uh, (laughs) that's, that's something not most 25 year olds have been through. I feel yeah, like that's, was, that's huge. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was a really humbling process and it was, like I said, it's, it removed a lot of security blankets cause yeah. I was, uh, you know, I, I'm from New Hampshire. I don't, I don't know anything about Indiana. Like, um, all the security of family, um, just how all that different stuff was like. <laughs> Yeah. I like how it seems like you were more insecure about moving to Indiana than you were about moving to Brazil. (laughs) (laughs) Literally another country. But now, like, now that I'm here, I'm like, man, like, surprising. Like, because you don't think Indiana has anything to offer. Like, I just thought, like, oh, it's another state. Like, I'm not in New Hampshire thinking, oh, Indiana. Like, I think New York. I think California. Like, it's just one of those ones you pass over. But I'm, I'm... here now, I'm like, oh, there's like quite a bit to do, mm-hmm. more than New Hampshire. Um, Are you serious? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's gorgeous and and New Hampshire. I I'll give it that, like mountains and the rivers, and it's just like you can do a lot of stuff outside. But there's a lot more food options here, and there's just I don't know more stuff to do. Wow, honestly, it's the first time I've heard somebody say that about Indiana. But <laughs> I mean, that makes me feel better yeah. about where I live. So thank you, Elijah. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Dude, that's that's awesome. That's like encouraging too, especially because that whole kind of trial period, it sounds like, came from, well, it didn't come from, but it was set up by that kind of like impulse decision to go to Brazil. And like you said, you didn't like consult God about it or at all. You just kind of went. Right. And it's really encouraging though, that even though you did something like that, that was, you said for the wrong reasons, I, I can't speak to that or not, but even though you did something for the wrong reasons, it, uh, like it worked out right in a like, really good you know, way. God's like sovereignty and everything, like whatever we choose to do, like he still is sovereignly working through all of it. And so hearing, hearing stories like that takes away some of that, that risk or that pressure that like you have to make every decision. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's big. Kenton, do you want another root beer? You down that really fast. <laughs> <laughs> a root beer is like my favorite drink. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that okay. is true. Hold on. So, 
You know what's for our for all of you word of life interns that are watching this, that work oh, at Lifeline. If you if you're watching, if you're gonna watch this, my boy E right here walked so you could run. I just mm-hmm. I just wanna let y'all know that. All right. My boy right here walked so y'all could run. All right. Let's just not let's not get that twisted. All right. He's very humble. You feel me? Which I love. And he don't give himself enough props. So I, I do the <laughs> propping up for him. You know what I'm saying? You're a good hype man. Which I'm, I'm like that yeah. with anybody. That's, that's true. But yeah. But Okay. So Juan, this has already been far more serious than most episodes of Back to Friends. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. Um, when I threw out the podcast to you, Elijah, you, you're like, you had me at root beer. And then Kenton, you like just downed your first bottle in like three minutes. Sorry. Is there? <laughs> it's fine. Don't <laughs> apologize. It's great. But like, that's the reason. So when I started this podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, we could do the thing. Like, you could drink a different bottle of root beer every time. And it was because like root beer was my first pop that I liked. Mm. Like it was my the first one my parents gave me. They're like, here, you'll probably like this. I'm like, I do like this. And then it blossomed into everything else. But like, what? It's your favorite. Like, do you have how far does that go back, bro? Since I was like probably a kid. You do you remember? The A and W restaurant. Oh yeah, yep. So, I think that was the first time I ever had root beer, and I was like, "Yo, this joint is fire!" So, like, ever since then, like, the thing about pop is like, okay, yes, I like pop, but if somebody was like, "Hey, do you want a Coke?" Like, that's an easy no. Or if some if somebody was like, "Do you want a Pepsi?" It's an easy no. But root beer, bro, dude. I just I just can't pass it up. You don't hear that that often. Root beer, I feel like, is pretty polarizing. Bro, root well, beer is slapped on. Like, people, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I've Easily. heard people say root beer is trash. I look at them like, do you like sweet potato pie? Like, <laughs> Wait, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is sweet potato pie good or bad? No, sweet potato pie is great. It's the pumpkin pie that's... Yeah, I'm not, Ooh, I'm not a fan. That. I'm not Hot a fan take. of pumpkin pie. Sorry for all you no, I'm not, pumpkin lovers. I'm not yeah. really into pumpkin pie either. Okay. Mostly because I was like okay with it. And then I uh, I went to a movie when I was like, shoot, it was like four years ago. And before we went, we got pumpkin pie blizzards from Dairy Queen. Oh, and that sounds so disgusting. Yeah. I don't remember being great or not, but I ate it. And then I had this horrible migraine during the movie. And by the time I got back, I was like, you know, curled up and like was fighting this migraine, kind of sick to my stomach. So that whole thing happened where it's like, you know, you have food and then you get sick and you never want to touch it again. So I couldn't touch pumpkin pie for like three years. Well, if you just think, everybody that's watching this or listening, all right, think about a pumpkin, right? (laughs) You open it up, all right? And it's like, Slimy, you gotta. It's one of the nastiest insides exactly, to any kind of exactly. Plant ever. Now, think about sweet potatoes or yams, how we like to call it back in KC. KC, <laughs> yeah, Kansas City. Okay, gotcha. Like, I'm, nor- be- I'm northern, forgive me. That's cool. You'd be like, yo, these joints looking mad fight. They don't, they don't just look, they don't look disgusting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I that's what I equate to of like, yo. I'm not about to scoop this stuff out and make a pie out of this. It's, it's just weird to me. But And then you got the people too. Shout out to Josh Twitty because <laughs> him and his family did a pumpkin carving thing a couple Sundays ago and then they come back and he's got all the seeds. And he just puts a bunch of seasonings on them and throws them into the, oh, yeah, into the oven. Eat, and then you eat them? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not bad. You do that? Well, 
for me, like I tried it. They didn't dry super well. Mm. I threw cinnamon on them because like, apparently like pumpkin with like the cinnamon sugar. That could work in theory. Like, yeah. So some of them were, you know, they were okay. It wasn't amazing, but. Yeah. Yeah. Pumpkins are nasty for sure. <laughs> Sorry to all you pumpkin lovers. We, we're just not rocking like that. I don't know how we got to pumpkins from, uh, from root beer, but. Oh, yeah, I remember the jump. That's fine. Okay, so you guys are both like, um, you guys are both worship leaders. So you're both obviously into music. Yeah. And I again, I don't know either of you guys super well yet, but I'm like, okay, if nothing else, we can talk about music because that's something that everybody kind of shares in common. You guys are both good at it. Appreciate it. Yeah. So like, how long have you guys both been doing music for? Um... No, I have to like calculate in my head. Well, I got my first guitar when I was like, I don't know, six, but it was a beginner one. Did you learn on guitar first? Was that your first instrument? Yeah, that's my only instrument. Um, that's why. That's why. <laughs> like, I'm not skilled enough. Like, well, like most kids like me, know? like we were forced to do piano lessons for like. I sh- Honestly, I should have done piano. Like in hindsight, like, you know, wasted opportunity. Did you, you know. like guitar though? Did you like like it as, as soon as you started? Well, when I was six, it was like one of those cheap kind of beginner guitars, yeah. and and I was six, so it was, <laughs> I, every once in a while, like as I was growing up, I'd pick it up and like try to start and then just stop. And so it wasn't till my sophomore year in high school when I like actually picked it up and was like at like trying to intentionally really learn it. And it was because um, I went to a Christian school, and so we had like, um, in electives, but like it was a worship team kind of like. So my friend and I, um, we weren't taking it seriously. We we're goofing off, so we like grabbed our electrics and we would just like learn classic rock solo. You know, that's awesome. Uh, and we would just play that in the back. Never played for any worship team or anything like that. Um, we just helped with cables because like the guy who was running the worship team and like scheduled it, he was like, yeah, these two goofballs are not taking it seriously at all. They're not getting on that stage. And you know, I support that decision. Um, But yeah, from there I just kind of picked it up. And then like I got my like first acoustic cause I was like, and this electric is so quiet. Like you, you switched from electric to acoustic. Well, because I didn't really know how to play the electric super well. I was, you know, yeah. um, and like, I didn't have a good amp. Mm, that's, um, yeah, that's important. So I was just like, Ooh, this sounds louder and I can like learn. So yeah, I, from that point on, I just kind of started to pick it up and then I didn't start singing till like maybe junior or senior year, uh, in high school. So I was maybe like when I started really like getting into worship leading and, and music, uh, in that capacity was like eight years ago. Yeah. So that's a long time. I would say, <clears throat> so I started, so in terms of like singing for real. Yeah. That's all like this year. Are you serious? Yeah. So you went like straight into it then. Cause like, you were on stage, like, for the first time. Like well, KJ doesn't do anything shy. Like, he comes out of the gate that's just true. charging. <laughs> that's not that's true. My, that's, that's my not boy true. over here, you know? No, that's not true. Some stuff I am shy about. But 
I so when I was two years old, my mom has a a uh, video of me. You know the like little toy drum sets. Yeah, yeah. So she's playing the piano, and I'm like staying on beat the whole time. And you're how old? Two years old. You're two- so it's like it's a, a gift right away. Literally, literally, it's a God-given natural yeah. thing. Um, the first time I ever played drums in front of people, I was five. What and was my, that? What was that for? For my church back in Kansas City. Um, so in terms of like drumming, I've been doing that for like twenty years because I'm twenty-three, so twenty-one years. Um, but in terms of like, like singing. And stuff like that. Like, that has only been this year. Wow. Which is, like, everything is everything that has happened since I moved here, bro, like, I couldn't even explain. It's it's literally not a, a thing, like, I would plan. Like, it's definitely, like, a God thing. Huh. Um, so, the, the way I got into worship leading was that, so, I, so last year, in August, I sang one time. Nobody even knows this. So please don't go look it up because <laughs> it was horrible. But anyway, I sang one time, right? And then um I was in a really low time and I went home and I and I came back and I said, All right, Lord, like what are some gifts I'm not using that I can use, right? And then I go to a trip to Texas with the uh with Gospel City. And like the whole time we're there, Micah is like, yo, we gotta get you worship leading. Like, no joke. It was weird because I'm like, why are you saying this right now? Like, why are you saying this? And you've only played drums up till this point. Yeah, I've only played drums. Like, yeah, you know. Has he heard you sing? Yeah, he's heard me sing, okay. but like at that time, he's heard you sing. Yeah, yeah. But it was like to me whenever he would ask me before, but it was just I was always just like no, like I'm not getting in front of this church. I was like I'm going to sound horrible. No. So so we come back. So we're so we're in Texas and uh, Sammy was like, "Yo, we need somebody for Sunday," and Michael was like, "KJ can do it." <laughs> I said, "So this is the week of." Yeah, this is the week of. So I was like. I was like, all right, just all right. So put me up there. And that's so so the crazy thing about this whole thing is that we come back Saturday, I think, and our flight was like delayed or something. It was something to where I think I remember this Sunday because I think I was on camera. Yeah. We didn't get back till like two in the morning. Right. That's the way the gospel city worship team rolls. Bro. <laughs> they they go full yeah. send one Bro. thing to the next. Yeah. Because well, we was at the airport for like an hour waiting on our bags. We was the last flight. So yeah. It was whatever. So we get back like two in the morning. I drive home, which is a thirty minute drive from me. I wake up three hours later, shower, whatever. And I'm so nervous, bro. Like literally nervous. And we get there and like before we go out, I'm pacing back and forth, like on the side of the stage. Cause yeah. I'm just so scared. And I was like, all right, Lord, just like, come on, just help. Like, let me, let me take this off or something like just flow or something. 
and I I just went out there, and the Lord did His thing, and and Michael Trent texted me. He was like, KJ, whoa, like that was, <laughs> and that's when I was like, yo, this was actually pretty fire. <laughs> so, like ever since then, I've like dived head deep into the worship leading thing. That's sick. Now, all to say, like we were roommates. And like that was the first time he sang in front of people, like oh. publicly. But, yeah, but this man sings like constantly. That like, does not surprise yeah. me. That's true. He is in the shower. He will blast his music, and he will be belting like it. Like he's not lying. I lived above, and it was just like I was bopping to his music. You know, it was like gospel. I've I've listened constantly. to the stuff you told me. Who's the um, Israel? What's his name? Israel Halton. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, the, I started. I was listening through some of his stuff today, and I pulled up. Um, oh, oh, shoot! I pulled up the one, and it was the same song from that video I sent you on Instagram. The one with the metal drummer playing to it. Oh, you yes, are, you yes, are yes. good or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's that guy. It's sick. Yo, he. Like, first of all, let me say this. <clears throat> like this culture, and the culture I come, I came from, is like. Totally different. Oh yeah, I can like, imagine. Not even close. I was telling, I was telling the, some of the dudes at the forge yesterday when we went to Culver's. I was like, if I wasn't a Christian, I would not hang out with none of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that mean? I was just being honest because, like, you got to think. Like, I'm not from the north. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, yeah. I'm from the Midwest, Kansas City, Missouri. Like, I didn't grow up in the burbs. I'm from the hood. You know, like nothing. We don't have anything in common. Right. Like, I'm. I don't want to go hunting. You know, like I don't, don't want to no, go hunting either. No knock. No knock to you know those dudes who do that. But like, that's just not. That's not my thing. You right. Know? Yeah. So I'm like, I was just thinking like, I just wouldn't want to <laughs> if I wasn't a believer. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, that makes sense. But so, because you are a believer, you have that common ground where you can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's a that's a good thing about like everything that God has showed me since moving out here is like, you know, there there is other people you can relate to that hasn't grown up like you. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And but anyway, <clears throat> back to the music thing. Yeah. So like I I grew up. My dad is like the biggest Fred Hammond fan. Okay. Like the biggest Fred Hammond fan, so obviously like him playing that. Forgive me, is Fred Hemming? Is he gospel? He, he's or? a gospel. Okay, yeah. Okay. He let me. He's our he's our modern day psalmist, and I'm not joking. Like you can put any worship band, elevation. You can put who uh, Hillsong, Maverick. You can put anybody. He would destroy them, and I'm not. I'm not joking. Like I'm so. I'm. I will like, stand on that. Hill. Lyrically, musically, like lyrically, which... musically, like bro. He wrote. I'm not. You know. I'm not even gonna go on the tangent. But no, go on the tangent. He, That's what this podcast. One is. of my one of my favorite songs by him is called "No Weapon," and it's it's based off Isaiah. What is that? Did you send me this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I actually listened to part of this song then. I think it's what's the what's the verse where it says no weapon formed against me shall shall pro, shall prosper. It's an Isaiah. I forget, but anyway, yeah. like yo, that song is 
ridiculous. <laughs> like, you know, and it's it's just like he's so like lyrically rich in his in his mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. And so so growing up, like my dad would play like him and like John P. Key, Israel, you know, um Donnie McClurkin. These are probably people you've never heard of. Like and then it was that and then it was rap. You know? Who which which rappers? So like Lecrae. Okay. Like So Christian rap. Yeah, Christian, Christian rap. rap. Yeah. So like um yeah, like I was I was a, the hugest Fred Hammond fan growing up. And then Israel came in when he he wrote he know he uh has this song called uh Who Is Like the Lord. And oh, we I was in the kids' yeah. choir. And we used, we used to sing that song, like, all the time. And so, like, obviously I gravitated towards him. But, like, Israel was, like, the... I would say Israel was, like, the first gospel artist to merge, like, CCM and gospel. Hmm. That's... You know? Because there's, there's a bunch of songs people don't even realize that he wrote for, like, huge CCM artists. Like, hmm. like that song, Echo by Elevation. Yeah. He wrote that song. <laughs> so, it's like... He was, like... He was the one who started... Like in terms for me, um, how his voice was always his voice is really high, mm-hmm. but it's all it's just so good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, like Fred was more of like the musical, lyrical guy. He was a great singer. He's a great singer as well, or was he's old now. But but Israel was like the uh, the good arranger, how to like put songs together. Yeah, that was that was what I grew up on. Did you, were you into, because I asked you for your top three, and two of them uh, were gospel, and then the third one was Elevation. Did mm-hmm. you listen to Elevation before they did that collab with Maverick City? I didn't listen to Elevation until I moved out here. Okay, and that was like within the last two years? Yeah. Yeah. So any, like, any CCM, the only CCM I knew was probably Mercy Me. Okay. Because yeah. my dad loved the uh, I Can Only Imagine song. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I feel great like we song. all have. Right. It's a great, it's a great song. It's just, I, I grew up in like uh, going to my, my, my parents were in Campus Crusade for Christ, which is crew now, mm-hmm. and so I remember some of my earliest memories was like music like that, and I was sitting in like the back as a toddler sort of thing. So yeah. there's deep roots with that. But uh, yeah, so I didn't know, I didn't know any CCM, and then I knew the Newsboys. I know the. Like the old newsboys or the new newsboys? Are the new newsboys still together? Yeah. They are, I okay. They are. Yeah. I don't know. Who's, I know do you know Michael Tate? Yeah, he was he's the new he was Right. I th- I think they're still together. I know I know him like You personal. know Michael Tate? I have his number. Are you like, serious? I'm so serious. You should call it. <laughs> really? <laughs> he might not answer. No, that'd be I don't know what we would say if he did answer, to be perfectly honest. That's kind of crazy though. My dad so his sister, do you know like the Gaylers? They're just no. big like Southern. Oh, did you say Gaither? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Bill Gaither. Yeah, they, and they're like. Um, they're like Alabama. It's, it's not gospel. my vibe of music. But it's like, not my. It's, oh. What is your vibe, Elijah? Because I was listening through yours too. Because like Red, I knew Red. Yeah. Growing up, that was like your high school. You said, which doesn't surprise me. I feel like a yeah. lot of us were into like the angsty, <clears throat> like soft metal sort of stuff in yeah. high school, and then. uh and then who are the other guys you sent me? Because I did listen to them who, too. Who did I send? Uh, I sent Hans Zimmer and, Cine- and Citizens. Okay, yeah. And, like 
I like listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah, me too. A lot of like, like what I listen to now that like I would say is mainly my vibe is more like alternative. Um, oh, um, yeah, mainly like alternative. Who's okay when you when you go listen to Hans Zimmer? What's your go to? Um, I'm sorry. I feel like we made a really hard shift out of no, gospel, no, that's, but that's we good. started touching on this, and this is so, one of my. Like any, I'm like the Batman series movies are great. Like mm-hmm. Inception, like mm-hmm. just any good movie that's like out there. Hans Zimmer's probably great. Like Inter- his his Interstellar stuff was that was pretty so far. I didn't I didn't like fully appreciate that soundtrack <clears throat> until um, I came across a video on YouTube and it's this acoustic guitar player and he's got one of those twelve string guitars mm-hmm. and he plays like the main song from Interstellar and it just like helped me see it in like a whole different light. It's incredible. My my cousin actually is first trumpet in the Utah Symphony, and he's played for Hans Zimmer before. Oh, that is wow. amazing! When I found out that, I like totally geeked out and was like texting him, like "That's crazy." But uh, are you in soundtracks at all, Kenton? Uh, you can say no. Most people aren't. Well, here's it. Okay, kind of niche. Here's the thing: the only soundtrack I've ever enjoyed was um, the first. Black Panther soundtrack by Kendrick Lamar. Yep. <laughs> Which doesn't... It was fine. It's like a soundtrack. But it's not a soundtrack. But it's right. not like a score. Right. Right, yeah. 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 Which, honestly... Okay, did you guys see the first... Or the new Black Panther? No. No. I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can skip past that then. <laughs> I was going to ask that anyways. I've heard mixed reviews Yeah. about it. I want to see it again because I'm a little mixed on it myself. But I've heard... A lot of the other people have fully, like, they fully like it. So, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so back to Red in your high school years. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, so I listened to a lot of Screamo, just like all like different variants of stuff. Like, my first big artist that I was obsessed with was Toby Mac. So it's 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 a I wide, don't I, I don't completely understand how that translates to screamo because I was really into Toby Mac too. Well, but. it's just like I was all over the place. Yeah, you know, um, mm-hmm. with just all these different bands and and what sound. But I think one reason why I still enjoy going back to Red is because like they use like that kind of orchestra sound like a little bit in there. Yeah, and, like yeah, yeah. I always like to go back to like that orchestra sound. It just like sounds so like good and like epic like violins and yeah um it's, harps and just like it just i feel like it builds so it's a, a good song it's a different vibe but because you said that have you listened to nf uh yeah yeah because yeah. tommy prophet his producer definitely leans heavy into like the orchestral yeah sort of arrangement and, and i like uh nf stuff as well I, you know I, I don't listen to him as frequently but like he's a very specific vibe yeah he was he was my moody high school years, and now I'm just kind of <laughs> like I'm not really depressed enough to listen to this right now. But <laughs> yeah, but it is very good. It is very good. Depressed enough? <clears throat> See, that's the thing. I feel you. Do you get depressed, Kenton? If so, what kind of music Bro. do you listen to? <laughs> you seem pretty happy most of the time, so I don't even know if you listen to moody music. But Man, he can tell you. He's mm. seen, he seen me on my low. Yeah. I don't know. It's. Do you think I listen? I don't really listen to music. I would say. Do you think? I mean. Are you still listening to the same 
same like five songs that you did when you would wake up every single morning? No. Okay. I'm it not. was like it was like the five like five songs. They were always the same that he would yeah. play on on rotation, like when he would get up in the morning and shower and sing to. Hmm. So like I don't know if he like you have a specific I don't think I, see, I think you like listen to songs, but like there's not like I would a say press list. Yeah. So like if I'm low, if I'm in a like really low valley, let me say this year, I, if I am, I'll listen to like the same worship song for like three weeks. I feel you on that. Yeah. In Actually, a row. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have made a transition where like instead of listening to like the depressed music that like makes you sink deeper into it, mm-hmm. there's like like Son of Suffering. Like mm, very yeah. It's very it's very mainstream at this point, but yeah. it it hits like almost no other song does to me. I would say it, when I was de- depressed before, I would listen to this J. Cole album called um oh, uh from oh what is it? It's called like uh, f- before your eyes or something like that. Hold on, I got it right here. You're on Apple Music. I I you, do you use Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify. Facts. Yep. Same. But you know, now being married, you're you're on a budget, so uh, Spotify Premium's not on that list. Are you serious? Yeah. You Wait, know. really? Yeah. So, but you guys can like do like the the, the I know. household bundle. It's only like ten or fifteen bucks. You save money. I know. How much? Working on one income. How here. much is Spotify? You know they um, up in the Apple Music price in December? Hop on to Spotify. Switch. Spotify I'm, is 10 bucks a month, and it has been consistently I'm, for like... I'm finna switch over, bro. You should switch over. But I will listen to his album called For Your Eyes Only. J. Cole? Yeah. For your eyes. Okay. That was like... I would... No disrespect, but that's probably like his most depressed <laughs> album. Because like he's telling the story about his friend who like loses his life at the end of the album but he like j cole is telling his story to his daughter Hmm. you know Hmm. so like later down the road when she's older like she can listen to this and be like oh this is what my dad was like you know that's intense so you know what i'm saying like but there was a song on there where he would say there's a song where he talks about like I don't know if I'm going to see tomorrow or something like that. And I would just, I would listen to that song like 10, like 10 times a day, bro. So, but now like, man, I was very, you know, I'm, I was very different (laughs) two years ago, bro. There's a, there's a huge shift that happens between like 18 and 22. I feel like, so it doesn't surprise me that even over the last year, well, your music taste, not even just that, just like when you go through life, bro, like, bro, life is so like, oh my goodness. Like, I can't even, I couldn't even tell you, like, the things I've seen at 23. I'm 23. Now, you know, I didn't go through the Great Depression, no. Right? I didn't go through the Civil Rights Movement. I didn't go through the crack era. <laughs> you know? Like, I didn't go through none of those things. But I have went through some things. You know? And I like when you when you go through those things, I think like it just makes you realize that if you try to do this life on your own, you like just can't like you really just can't. 
And so like I think the reason why now I listen to I listen to worship songs that are when I'm down, I listen to worship songs that are like really emphasized on like the resurrection or like um just like the descriptions of like God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Because like it's the thing of like you realize who you're serving and the and the works they've done. And it like for me it brings me up, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I don't you don't want to stay in the place of just sadness, you know. It it doesn't feel like it should make sense. Like cuz what you're saying I think is definitely true. Um focusing on God and like the big picture. I don't know why, but it does pull you out of it. Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't like always sort of thing if you're dealing with something really heavy, but it can usually help and like bring context to it. But it's just, it's really interesting because I feel like natural tendency, my natural tendency is like if something is wrong or if I'm really sad, then I like focus inward and try to figure out how do I fix my emotions? How do I get to where I want to be? Um, which I feel like is where self-help can be maybe a little, uh, it can get a little dangerous because it just puts you in the mindset of this is on me to fix. But like you said, you can't, we can't go through this on our own. And for some reason, like some of my biggest mentors have said like, you know, read your Bible, focus on God, like worship him in, in the moments where you're really low. And it does it. it I don't want to say it works because that makes it sound like the whole goal is to not be sad, but right. it yeah. does affect your, your mood drastically and your heart. For sure. Posture. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, in our culture today, like people don't realize the, of the effect of life struggles. Now, granted, like, we do live in America, so if we become Christians or followers of Christ, we're not going to get excommunicated. Well, most of us are not going to get excommunicated by our families, like somebody or in the Middle East. killed. Right. Yeah. Or, like, it's not illegal for us to, you know, become, <laughs> yeah. become a yeah. Christian. Um, but I will say, like, like I said before, like, we do go through things. And are they at the same capacity as other countries? No, like not even close. But I think there's a real testament of like really focusing on the Lord during during the low. You know, like mm-hmm. I think I think it's more easy for us to focus on God in the high because we can easily be like, oh, man, look at what God has done, which is true. Like, look, look at what he's done. But I think when you're in the low. It's like a lot of a lot of questions come to at least for me, a lot of questions come to my mind of like, yo, what is going on? Like, like, am I am I doing right? Am I even, mm-hmm. you know, am I am I even a believer? Like, there's just a lot of things that come more with being in the low. And I think one of the greatest examples we have of focusing on God while we're in the lowest is with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Like, you know, he was getting ready to die. And like twice he goes to God and like, if this cup can pass from me, like let it. But at the end of the day, your will be done, not mine. And it's like, for us, like, like we gotta have that same mindset of like, Lord, like, you know, take, take this suffering away from me, but nevertheless, like your will, be done over mine. And I think like with that, 
I think we can be a huge testament to others who are non-believers because like you know they don't really they don't have any hope <laughs> like yeah. the hope they have is money it's sex it's job career it's that next step yeah and it's like they're they're always they're so discontent in what they're doing that they're always looking for the next thing mm-hmm. where versus like us like all we have to do is trust in the lord and we'll be satisfied we should be satisfied not saying we're always going to be satisfied but but we should be and so me being a music guy like you know i try to focus heavily on just like the impact that jesus done for us on the cross and and things like that because i think that's just a real testament to who he is and his love for us and stuff but yeah um there's a whole backstory like with all of that. It, so. I thought I thought it was interesting that you when you hit me up to be on the podcast, you said like let's talk about something fruitful. I'm like, yeah, sounds really good. And then you're just like, let's talk about trials and <laughs> sin. <laughs> yo, because yo, bro Carter, eat feel free to drive this too. Like if you want to bring up a question or like a, a topic, like or like a something specific on trials and get our thoughts on it, like by all means. Go well, for let it. me ask, what is right now? What would be what is the biggest trial you've you've went through? I've went through so far, and just in twenty twenty two. Oh, twenty twenty two. In twenty twenty two. Yeah, because there's a lot of trials before twenty twenty two, but you know the year's coming to a close. You know, it's the typical new year, new me coming <laughs> type of thing. But like this year, like what has been the biggest trial for you guys? For and me, it, I like you know um, currently. I'm working at Lighthouse Autism Center. So I work with autistic kids. That's not the career that I would like to be in. Like, I'd love to be full-time worship lead. Hmm. Um, And that's not where I am right now. And Mm so I would say earlier in the year, like, I was really, like, wrestling with that. You know, I've wrestled with that all throughout the year. But it's, like, coming more to terms with, like, I have an idea of like where I should be and where I need to be. And I'm letting go of that because um, I know God in his infinite wisdom is working out his plan and will bring that about. And, and this is just a time of me growing and not having that role. Yeah. And growing to be prepared for that role. Cause I, I, I truly believe that the Lord We'll work it out that I um, am in that position because um, I, I know he knows the desires of my heart and, mm-hmm. and the desire to to lead others in worship. So I think that's a really yeah. good mindset to have because I think a lot of people get caught up in like that they're not where they want to be, but they don't take time to actually like be present in where they are. Right. And I mean, truth be told, like there's been many times in my life where I've been like, I'm not happy with where I am. I want to be somewhere else. And now I'm kind of like, I'm in places now that I thought I would never be in like three years ago because three years ago I was just very uncontent. I'm like, I'm never going to get out of this stage. But you're, you, sounds like you have a really healthy mindset. Well, you know, it's been a recent switch more recently. Like I would say before I was like, maybe even like two months ago, it was that mindset of like, I'm not happy where I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm impatient. I'm really like wrestling with the Lord, kind of like, um, 
Jacob and the Lord just wrestling with like his plan. Um, but you know, now it's more like I'm coming to terms with like in letting go of my plans and my ideas, like I'm letting the Lord's plan fill, fill my life and letting that become the focus. Cause I know he's going to do even better things than I could imagine Yeah, in my own eyes of what, what that would be. Um, so like, I would say like I'm on the upswing of it. Mm-hmm. You know, not every day is like that victory of of being on the upswing of it. But yeah. I would say, yeah, I'm I'm coming out of it and trying to learn and grow in that. So that's huge. I think um, I don't think I've really had. I don't know if trial. I don't think trial is the right word I, for what I've been going through this year. I think it's just been a huge growth year. Mm. Like um, <clears throat> I've been in a relationship now for like four months and there's just like i've had past relationships too but this one has been by far and by far and large by and large the like the i think the most healthy one so there's just like stuff coming out in me that's just like that i've dealt with my entire life like mindsets and just the way um i think about things and how i've let my emotions control me and all this stuff and it's all just kind of coming out in ways that I can actually deal with. And like God is growing me hugely through that. Um, and then also on top of it, like I'm getting a new job now. Um, I'm in that process of switching over. And that's a huge unknown because I love the job I've had, but it, I've had it for like four and a half years. Mm. And it's been, I've been extremely comfortable there over the last couple of years. So it's this huge, I feel like I'm very out of my, I'm a, I'm about to more be more out of my element, but I'm mm. very out of my element in general right now. But that's an awesome place to be in. Like, yeah, hundred percent. The security blanket of what you know. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that just makes you like have to trust in the Lord more. Yep. Um, Absolutely. And I'm I'm super happy to be in the place I am right yeah. now. It's just like, you know, it's it it's hard at times. Yeah. But I'd, sure. I'd rather be in a hard place and moving forward than kind of complacent and you know sitting in one spot. Hey, that's crazy. Um, dang, you think I should share this? Go for it. You think so? Just be authentic, yeah. dude. Lay it out. All there. right. So, <clears throat> man, this year for me has been a bunch of highs, but really lows. Hmm. So, I would say the 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 biggest trial this year is. So I, I was I was an intern at Gospel City. Yeah. As a I was like a worship intern. Mm-hmm. And um sorry. I just anyway, um I just made I made some really poor decisions. Hmm. Um I was not a man of character or integrity or practicing godliness. And because of that, I I lost that internship huh. there. Um, and I, the, the, th- the whole thing about this is that I, I really wrestled with, God in the sense of like like for a, since since becoming a Christian I've always struggled with this same sin like 
I know we don't we're not supposed to categorize sin, but if this was like if we could and this and this was like your number one, this was my number one. <laughs> like out of all the other ones. Like, you know, to me at least. But you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, if only if only you had taken this away from me, I wouldn't I wouldn't have struggled with this. Hmm. Or I wouldn't have, you know, put myself in this position or I wouldn't have satisfied my flesh or whatever. And what I was doing, it like when I'm asking those questions, like it was so selfish of me, so so prideful of me to be like, like, first of all, like, who am I to go to God and be like, oh, only if you did this? Like, what? Like, he's already done enough. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, I really wrestled with some thoughts. Like, I thought about leaving Gospel City. I thought about moving back home. Like, I thought about just not being a Christian. <laughs> Like, period. Because, like, the the thought came to me of, like, if I'm going to lose things that I really love because of decisions that I make, why am I about to live this life, this Christian life? Hmm. And I think, I think a lot of time, I think a lot of young people ask themselves that. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes as a church, we don't, we don't we don't care for those who think that way. Not because, not because, um, they don't care, but because when somebody says that, like most people aren't bold enough to say that or aren't bold enough to think that, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I feel like I legit had a choice. Like I, I legit was like, all right, like either I can go to them and be like, Hey, I'm gonna just leave this church. I've I've heard people in the in the body. I'm gonna just go to another church. I could have told my job like, yo, like I'm gonna just move back to Kansas City, mm-hmm. you know, or I could have just been like, I'm just not about to be a Christian anymore, and I'm just about to do whatever I want. And so I like I wrestled with that for a long time, but the thing that ultimately helped me come to my decision of, you know, staying on the path was I was driving to meet up with an elder and um this is so so the way it happened is like Gospel City they found out something. They talked to me mm-hmm. that next Wednesday I get released, mm-hmm. right? And I'm meeting up with this elder the same day. And so, as I'm driving, the verse of the day pops up. Bro, that verse of the day, <laughs> let me tell you. Bro, let me... Yeah. Coming in clutch. <laughs> the verse of the day pops up, and let me pull it up so I won't misquote. But it was Hebrews 12, verses 2, I want to say. And... Is it Hebrews 12? Sorry. You're good. Um come on, come on, come on. The way you gotta mark, you gotta highlight that. Gotta highlight. I know. Oh, here it is. Hebrews twelve eleven. It says, For the moment all discipline seems painful, 
rather than pleasant, but later it yields to the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I was like, oh my goodness gracious. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding that, me? That, dude, the timing of the verse of the day is insane sometimes. Oh, yeah. Bro, it's crazy. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay on this course. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to actually get help for what I'm struggling with. And I'm telling you, bro, like ever since, like, it's been it's been really cool to see others encouraged. Yeah. And and almost like push them to stay in the faith, you know, of like, you know, because I feel like I lost everything. How, like, how long have you been a Christian up to this point? I've only been a Christian for two years. Yeah, so it's pretty fresh. This yeah. was like your first probably big. Am I fair to say that this is your first like bigger trial? Oh, since for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's very it's very connected to your faith because, like you said, it had to do with like a sin that you struggle with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, this was the fir- this was the first time where I felt like God like laid everything out for me hmm. and then kind of like took it away hmm. because obviously because of my own sin. But like and this was the first time I I actually thought about you know not being a Christian. Yeah. and stuff like that. But just to see like the 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 fruit of that, of like people being encouraged of, um, you know, me telling them like, yeah, man, like I'm going through this, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still sticking to the word. I'm still sticking to, cause you know, I get, I get the questions of like, oh, why haven't you like worship? Why haven't you yeah, all that? Yeah. And it's like, well, this is why. And and it's not they don't people when they when I tell them they aren't like, oh man, you come on man you gotta do better. They're just like, man like, we're thankful for you being, you know, vulnerable, authentic to, and still sticking to the faith. Because I mean I guess like, I I don't know about y'all but like growing up, I didn't really see a lot of like, church fallouts, mm-hmm. or I didn't know people who like went to church something happened and they left yeah so like and i guess they have so it's kind of a big thing yeah, yeah. like oh yeah again like it's a the cultural it's a cultural thing i think because like i i don't know i just didn't see a lot of that like i didn't hear a lot of like oh this person was doing this and they you know or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah i think like it's like this year, that for me was the biggest thing. And I think like through it all, I can honestly say it needed to happen. One, because I I needed to work on my character. Like one, like becoming a biblical man, a man of the God's own heart. But two, I think the Lord, again, uses things to draw people to him. And I think, you know, it always reminds me of Romans eight twenty eight, talking about all things work together for those or all things work together for good for those who love God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just reminds me, like, you know, anything that happens in our life, like God can use like it doesn't matter. And he will. Right, yeah, he will use it, you know, kind of like even with Elijah. I don't I wouldn't go so far as to say that going to Brazil was a sin. But like, but you know, he like, used it, right? Mm-hmm. 
hugely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. Well, um, speaking of timing of the verse of the day, uh, I think it was yesterday. The verse of the day was in James 1. Have you read through James 1? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's all about, like, count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Mm. And so I was um, I was reading through that today and taking notes on it and stuff. I'm just like, this is... Ken wants to talk about trials, and this is a really good, this is a really good passage to talk about it. But the big thing that hit me from that was like, I feel like this is just kind of like a small group right now, <laughs> is what it feels like. But um, I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, he was talking. Uh, you know, do, 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 do. It's all about that. Um, oh, let me find it. For you know that testing of your faith produces steadfastness, or in some versions it says, for you know that trials produce. Uh, Steadfastness, steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So it's kind of like, in the NIV, it says mature and something else, like becoming mature through it. And that's like, it's just part, part of it. And it gives you freedom to take risks or to do things without being completely sure about them. And I want to be careful when I say that too, because it doesn't mean like sin, you know, so right. that... He's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's all going to work out. Because, um, like, in your situation, it was a painful process. Mm-hmm. But, like, if it happens and you have the right heart attitude about it and you, like, confess and repent sort of thing, then it's going to it's gonna build your endurance. It's going to build that steadfastness and then mature you. Yeah, I, I think any... I think, I think one thing we're failing in the church right now is allowing people to see the fruit behind suffering. Hmm. I think, I think sometimes we, we present Christianity so depressing, bro. Like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, sometimes when I hear other people (laughs) and again, no offense to nobody. Okay. I'm a little blunt, so I'm sorry. (laughs) But you know, like when I hear people be like, Oh yeah, I'm going through a hard time. Like our dog is sick. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding? Like, like you know, like like no, like no disrespect. All right, but if we're talking about an animal. Like I, I get it. Dogs are a man's best friend. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like there's there's things one that are, that real people are dealing with. I mean. Yes, you're dealing with that. Yeah. But there's like things where families are being affected by. Yeah. Like actually, you know, like you can get another dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, not to be rude or nothing like that. But it's like, it's like when we, when we present the gospel in a way where it's just so depressing, like, it's like, who wants to come to that? Like, who wants to come to that? Well, here's, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to spin on that a little bit. I think first of all to your to your first point about like you know if like if you're you know people are like really sad or like they're feeling really like they're being tested or like they're in a trial when like their dog is sick or something. I think that just speaks partially to the American culture and like how comfortable we are. Mm. And I think that God still works through it because it's kind of like people in other countries who are like have their life on the line for being a Christian. They have um their their struggles are a lot more life and death. Um, whereas in America we're far more comfortable and I just think our emotional like tolerance level, um, mm. kind of like a pain tolerance mm-hmm. is just like 
we're way lower. So like our, our emotional pain tolerance is just so low in comparison. Mm -hmm. Like death is not a normal part of American culture. In mm -hmm. other countries, people die all the time mm -hmm. and it's just part of it. But I think, so I think, you know, I mean, God will work in our, our level of disturbance of our dog being sick is like the same as somebody else's friend dying in another right. country sort of thing. So like, I think our, that the disturbance God works in similarly because it's about, how we're reacting to it. Um, I think that allows him to work powerfully. I don't know if that's what I meant to say, but use no. discretion to interpret what I just said. Yeah. But, and then also, um, when you're saying like the gospel is being presented, uh, in a depressing way, I think it's generally presented in like the fashion of like, save you. I want to save you from going to hell. And that's like, about as doom and gloom as you can get. Mm -hmm. And it talks, it says nothing about the life that follows. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, I think it should be presented more in the sense of, I want you to experience what I'm experiencing, which is a relationship with Jesus, which mm -hmm. is like, it's powerful. It gives you joy. It gives mm -hmm. you, it, it gives you every, every good thing. It says in James one, you know, every good thing comes from God. And it's kind of like, why would you want to live your life outside of that? Um, I, I, I agree. All that to say is I think that the gospel is probably being presented much more doom and gloom. I think to bounce off that as well, I think there's still a way where you can, because the Bible's full of emotion where God gifted us feeling and mm -hmm. the Psalm is full of feeling, mm -hmm. but the difference in like Psalms and throughout the, the whole of scripture is that like there's suffering, but it always points to a hope. Mm -hmm. And that's yep. the big difference. Yep. Like in so many of the Psalms and David's Psalms, like he starts out like super depressing mm -hmm. and by the end of it, he shakes himself out of it and like returns to the hope in the Lord. So like, um, there can be trial. And I think there's, we have, God has given us that feeling and, and um, understands that there will be suffering and that, we can we can talk about that and we can tell that to others, but it should always point to the hope in Christ that there's one day, you know, yeah. that he'll come. And so there's there is something to look forward to, even though it is hard right now. And that shows like authentic authenticity, like instead of the the um repent or you're going to hell, like right. I, that that's not authentic to me. That's just I don't that demeaning and um hopeless when the gospel should be hopeful. Yeah, I think it's, and the thing is, the thing about like those people who present the gospel of like, repent or you're going to go to hell, like that's true. Like, that's true, you know? But I think like one of the way, one of the um, gifts we have from God is compassion. And I always think about the story where um, the Pharisees bring that lady who was caught in adultery and you know, they were like, you know, we just call her in adultery, Jesus, what you gonna do? And, you know, you just start writing in the sand, being weird or whatever. By and the way, we never find out what he wrote in the sand. I know. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I'm let me I'm gonna get back to it. <laughs> okay. But so um, but he he says to them, you know, if if you have if you are sinless, right? Right, if you if you haven't committed a sin, I want you to throw the stone and obviously none of them can do it and 
And like the the point of that, I feel like, is that Jesus turns to the lady and says, get up, but sin no more. Mm -hmm. So like he gives her hope of like, you don't have to keep doing this. Like you don't have to. And I think that's what the gospel is. It's like, obviously the gospel is here to make us realize we like we can't we can't live this life without a savior but we don't have to continue in that right we can t- literally turn away and live a fruitful life live a humble life live a loving life mm-hmm. with relationship to Jesus and so um but yeah I, I think our culture is just so like soft bro like and it's <laughs> like it's hard cuz it's like you know I think a lot of times we don't realize the bigger picture. So, for example, like like when I was growing up, like a political thing just wasn't a thing for us. Mm-hmm. Like like in my household, we was never. I never thought of my family being conservative or left or right. Like it was just we just didn't talk about it, right? But then like moving out here, I see it everywhere. <laughs> like I see the Trump flags. I see the Biden flags and even talking to some of my friends like they're like oh yeah I grew up in a very conservative family I I have no idea what that means Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying those things aren't aren't important but I think we allow those things to to block us or not block us we've kind of let it become our identity right or and it it hinders us from like again seeking the big bigger picture which is preaching the gospel yeah well, I feel like it puts us, it puts us and everybody else into boxes, mm-hmm. um, which makes it, I don't know. I think, I think people are way too dynamic to be put in that. And I think we were, I don't know. I'm not very knowledgeable in that subject, but I, I do agree that there's just, I think we get hung up in the boxes we make for ourselves. And because our boxes are different than other people's boxes, then it feels like we should be at odds with them when we really don't have to be. Yeah. But yeah. There's like, an analogy that I heard like of a, of a dog and an owner who were just on a walk and they were going to the top of the hill. Um, and you would think that of the two, like the, the dog would get up to the top of the hill first um, and not be as tired. But when they got to the top of the hill, the dog was more tired. Why? Because it stopped at every little anthill and was sniffing every little thing on the way up mm-hmm. and running all over. And, comparatively like we're the dog because we're making all these little things the big thing when the focal point is the cross mm-hmm. um and ke hey that's come on that's not my saying so but um yeah it's it's all 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 rises and falls on the cross and the resurrection and um and and that alone and so I think it's just a recentering of of that uh, for for every single one of us. It's like that whole sanctification process is like it's tough. So, Bro, so tough. let me. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna spin this in a little bit of a different direction. You said it all rises and falls on the cross and the resurrection. Um, this is more real world than it is the theological. But um, say somebody because. I don't know if you guys have seen like the case for Christ and stuff like Bro, that. Bro, fire. So people, people hey, are. Go see that movie. Y'all. I got a pure flicks account. I got, 
That joint was fire, yo. I saw that. That's the only time I've heard anybody ever yo, say, I saw yo, let, let me give you my Pure Flix login. <laughs> bro, I saw the cut or the ad for it on YouTube. I was like, I'm about to subscribe. It was actually, it was a pretty decent movie. That, that was a great movie. It's it's pretty surface level. So I have a, I have a really good friend who's uh, an apologist. So let's all, apology is, apologetics, sorry. Apologetics uh-huh. is all about, um, you know, the the evidence for oh, okay. um, Christianity. Um, so that's his profession where he is very into that and philosophy and whatever. But like if somebody walked up to you and cause if you can shut down, if you can disprove the resurrection of Christ, then you can pretty much like Christianity falls apart. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty well agreed upon by even secular and even atheists that Jesus was a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not really up for debate, but what is up for debate is that, did he rise from the dead? Because that is the proof right there that he's the son of God, which mm-hmm. then makes his death meaningful. Right. So, I mean, if you're talking to somebody and they're like, hey, I'd like, they're like, I don't think Jesus rose from the dead, or they just ask, how do you know that he actually rose from the dead? What would you say? Well, well, one, like, we can't not use the Bible. So, if you think about... <clears throat> The Gospels, right? Like the Gospel describes that there were, I want to say, was it five over 500? 500 witnesses or there were like 500 witnesses Mm -hmm. plus the disciples, right? That that saw Jesus or claimed to see Jesus after the or after his death. And that is that that's in the Bible, yeah. It says, yeah. And so there's that, right? There is the evidence of the deaths of the disciples that they like they died because they they were not going to stop preaching the gospel mm-hmm. so if if Jesus didn't rise from the dead right why would they still talk about it but so willing enough that they died for it right and they weren't making money off of it and they weren't right they, they wasn't they doing ministry become, they didn't become popular <laughs> Right, they were like they, they weren't raising support. Right, <laughs> like they were genu- gen- genuinely wanting other people to know about this good news. Yeah, um, and so and and then the third thing I would say is, um, like I think I think one of the things I try to do is help the whoever asked me about that, like help them understand the position of like if this if this was not real and I died, then I have nothing to lose, right? Like, I'll just die living a life devoted to a guy that I thought was real. But if it is, I'm going to be forever with the guy who I knew was real by faith. And that person, I'd rather be with with him than eternally separated. So I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know if that's a right answer or a wrong answer, but no, those are good answers. What you think? I think. I mean, like you said, it the the disciples they died for the gospel. Um, they and all of them said the same thing. There was like no disparity between like um who Jesus was and and like how he rose from dead and just all those details. They they took that to the grave. So I think that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Like people who are insane, you know, would 
take that to the grave, but 12 people who take that to the grave and say the same thing, like they all had the same account and that, that, and how it just continues to grow from there. It's like, um, there was like, um, in history, there was a, a guy who, I mean, you see God's like faithfulness throughout all of, of, um, history and his faithfulness. Uh, and this doesn't necessarily answer the question of like his resurrection, but like the whole idea of, is God real? Um, there was this philosopher or something like that. And he said to a King, how he knew God was real, two words, the Jews, and the reason he said that was because if you look at the Jewish history, they should have been wiped out a long time ago. Yeah. Like just in every single way. Mm. But the faithfulness of God to the Jewish people, mm. that they are still present in history, like that's just his hand over it all. And there's a lot of those things like that. And so like just seeing his faithfulness, like doesn't matter um, if you have the Bible or not, you can see his creation around and like, um, so yeah, that doesn't really answer your question on actually, but yeah, like the disparity, um, the no disparity between the disciples and how they each went to the grave faithfully to that. I, JD Greer, um, is a pastor. I think he's the president of the Southern Baptist convention right now, but he, he talks a lot about those points and he like gives multiple points of like, why the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't call them all up, but like it, it's the stuff that we've already touched on. But even like with that question as well, like I think often one of the things is like with the generation is we're so argumentative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that even goes with <laughs> believers. And rarely are you going to argue someone into the faith. Yeah. It's more shown. And there was, um, I would say, a, a mentor to me um, when I was at Word of Life. His name was T.C. Bars, super wise man. And he said um, that when people ask questions, ask them another question, right? Try to get to the core of why they're asking that. Like, And what you'll find is more often than not, there's like a deep hurt of like, and that's why they're questioning God. Yep. And it's not so much that like, well, how do you know it's true? It's because way down when like their grandmother died and they were hurt because they didn't see the justice in that. And so it's about your perspective of who God is. Right. And the really interesting thing about that, I'm going to, I'm going to hop on this real quick if that's okay. Oh yeah. Cause um, a lot of the things that I've been dealing with again, like I've said, like over the last year I've, like my mindset and lies I've believed and everything have like come to the forefront, like a bunch of personal issues and I'm understanding why they're there. Um, and as I learn about it, it's a lot of the things that people deal with comes from their perspective of who God is mm-hmm. and who they believe that God actually is. And it's because like, I mean, I've been a Christian like my whole life, but I've seen so many, I've had so many, it's not, I haven't had that many bad things happen to me, but I've had enough pain happen in my life where I've come to kind of believe about God that he doesn't want, like he, he, he's not going to give me good things. 
um, like there's some things that come through, but I don't focus on those. I think about, you know, like when I am given a gift, which again, James one, which is actually why I went in and read through it today, because the verse of the day was talking about how, um, every good thing comes from, from God and he Mm -hmm. gives us good gifts. Um, and I've prayed recently within the past few days that he would show me like how, like why I'm having issues receiving gifts and good things he's giving me. And I feel like it's because I've gone through pain and I feel like it's inevitable that these good things end or that they're taken away. And then I'm like in the gutter about it. And I've realized that over the years, that's that mindset has deeply ingrained itself in me where now I'm like, I'm having to, God is renewing my mind in that area and teaching me that he is good. And that I think is something that a lot of people struggle with. Hmm. And like you said, like some people at the, at off the bat, they will not accept Christ because they think that if there's a God, he's not good because all this bad stuff happens. Mm -hmm. But I think on the flip side, even for Christians, they believe in God. They may even fully believe that Jesus died for their sins and they might be saved, but they deep down do not have as fruitful a relationship with Jesus as they could because they believe that he's actually not good. Hmm. Hmm. And I think that that's, I, I do, I think that's something that a lot of people deal with. Because I think if you truly believe that Jesus was as good as he actually is, you'd be a whole lot more joyful, far less argumentative. All those symptoms come back to a root issue, I think. Yeah, that that's, wow. I've never heard somebody say it like that. I would I would agree. Yeah, I think I think it just speaks to I think the selfishness of us of thinking like um thinking that you know how like how can God? Mm-hmm. I've always like wondered wondered this question to myself and maybe y'all could help me out. But I've always wondered like how can God be good to me? If every day I, I sin, you know, like the the questions I think a lot of people are afraid to ask are questions like, how can God really be good? Like if why would like, why would he love me? Like, you know, he came 2000 years ago. Like I was born 23 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would he love me if if I'm going to sin every day? How is it that the power of the gospel can still change my life? And I think like like those are real questions like I've wrestled with. I'm, I mean, I know some other people have wrestled with those questions as well. And again, like some I think uh, going back to my point earlier, I think sometimes like we don't allow the space for that. And And I think when we do, it's like. If you ask a question like that, people automatically be like, oh, we don't know if he's a Christian for real because he's thinking these things. And it's like, no, like I just genuinely like I just genuinely want to know, you know, like, you know, what I'm saying like I think about Thomas in the Bible, the disciple. I mean, they called him doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, Jesus still went to him and was like, "Yo, like, look, look at me. Look like look at me, you know, like he gave him the space to doubt, you know, he gave him the space to have questions, you know, and almost have some unbelief. And it was until Thomas realized like, oh, yeah, this dude, it really is the son of God. Then that's when, you know, his life changed. I think I don't know. What what do you all think? 
Well, I mean, your original, your original statement of like, how can God love me, or how can how can how can He be good to me if mm-hmm. I'm sinning every day? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that comes back to your partially your inter- interpretation of who you believe God is, but more so what you believe love is, mm. like what you actually believe love is, and if you are actually believing that God is uh, or has unconditional love. Because unconditional love, again, this is something I've learned over the last few months, is that it, it loves you regardless regardless of yeah. what happens, mm-hmm. regardless of what you've done, who you think you are, um, what you believe. Um, and I think that does tie back to it because the Bible says God is love and it tells us what love is. Love is patient, love is kind, and then there's keeps no record of wrongs, all that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, to answer your question, like God is love. So he is patient. He keeps no record of wrongs. So it's not like they stack up and they're like, okay, you know what? I'm done. Because that's our interpretation. That's our experience of love on earth from human Mm -hmm. beings because Mm -hmm. we have never experienced true unconditional love. Mm -hmm. I -hmm. think even people who have known people who are truly loving people um, and like they can't think of one bad thing that person has done. I think even in those situations, it's still not even an accurate representation of Mm -hmm. unconditional love. And I don't think I don't know that it's possible. I don't think it's possible for us to experience that outside of God and outside of Jesus. Yeah, uh, I mean, you nailed it. Like God is love, um, and so, like, for people who are non-believers and are in a marriage, like, I don't think, like you said, I don't think they experience that because they haven't met the person who is love, who love originated from. Mm-hmm. And it, it only comes from God. And once we have God, like that flows from us as as we are his outlet um, of love to others. And so it, um, I'm reminded of like your, that verse, um, God's mercies are new every morning when, it, when to what you said of, of, you know, sinning every single day, like your mercies are new every morning, Lord, because like every day it's like a, a shower that just continually showers me. And like, was your question more like, how can he love me if I continue to sin every single day? Or like, yeah. Or like, yeah. Cause like, I know people like, even I have struggled with this of like, man, like, I've been in seasons where I've just been in rampant sin. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when you read the Bible, it still says, you know, first John one nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And it's like, how? You know, it's just like, how? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I think those are like real questions some people wrestle with, you know. And I'm Absolutely. not saying like I'm not saying I don't think those are bad questions, like because I think they're just questions. No, I think they're you know great questions. I think even, I think questions that challenge the faith heavily are great questions. And they also grow you a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they force you to learn. Right. And I do, I think that, you know, again, I think it's just, it boils down to like, it's hard for us to comprehend something that we've never experienced. And mm. some people haven't even experienced love at all. Um, mm. Let alone unconditional love. Yeah. So mm. I think, honestly, that's a lot of what it boils down to. Hmm. but that's good I think as well like me being married now like I've I've mentioned this before to you KJ like um just as I've been married 
showing love to my wife, it's it's opened up my eyes to that kind of love that Christ, God shows to us um, in that way of like, if my wife wrongs me, it's like, that's not going to remove my love from her. It's just like, it's a choice. Mm. And no matter what she says, no matter what she does, like, my love will always be there. I've made it a choice that will hold. And and I'm not going to go back on that. And that, that love does not come from yourself. Right. And that's that's, I think that's the big difference. Because I think you can probably make it a while, like a secular marriage where God is not in it. I think you could make it a while, just be like, I'm going to choose to forgive you. I'm going to choose this. But when you have the context and you have the the belief that um, the love that is in me, it doesn't come from me. It comes from the creator of the universe right. who is unending love. Then it gives you so much more strength and ability. And I think as well, like when you realize that God has loved you so much for what you've done, you can love that person so much for what they have done. Yep. Um, and it's just like, yeah, being married like has taught me a lot about like love of the Lord. And it, it's opened up passages that I read before about love. And I was like, yeah, like I understand that in familial sense and like um, different manners. But then once I started dating and like, got engaged and got married, it's like, whoa, like, this is how the Lord loves me. Like, mm. and almost in a way, like, it made, it helps me to pursue and grow in my relationship with, with my wife now. It's just that way of looking at it. So, what, What's hard about that and something that comes up in people is when you do start to experience that kind of love and your eyes get open to it for the first time, some people back away from it because they don't think they're worthy of it. And that's a whole nother level that you have to grow through. Right. Um, and God wants you to grow in that. He wants you to see that you are worthy, first of all, of his love yeah. and that he does love you. And then once you accept that, then you can start realizing I'm, you know, this is, I'm, it has heavily to do with shame because shame tells you you're a bad person right? or that you're not good. Um, and that's, again, that's something that I've been dealing with too, where it's just like, I am actually, I, I'm worthy of it and I don't completely have my head wrapped around it yet. But having my foot in the door of that is already freeing. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah. I mean, I think it just goes back to the idea of like hope, you know, when you're, when you feel that shame, and then you read scripture about how God thinks about you. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just that idea of like, you don't have any control of like how God feels about you or what he thinks about you. You just have to rest in that. Mm -hmm. And that's an amazing thing. Like mm -hmm. to read, like, yeah, like I'm not deserving of God's love or his affections for me at all. And yet I have them. And this is what he thinks about me. Even though I was this before, I am no longer this. Like I take on um, the the blood of Jesus Christ has covered me, and now I take on um, the attributes of Christ, and God sees Christ, not myself and, and my old ways. And that's just like I don't have to do it. It's, it's the biggest thing is like we don't have to do anything. It's all 
God who has acted for us. We merely have to rest and accept that. And some, like you said, that's the hardest part. Sometimes just saying like, I don't understand it, but I'm, it's okay not to understand it. Like, and that, that's a hard spot to rest in. Again, James 1, I swear it's loaded with stuff. Um, it's talking in the context of asking for wisdom, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And that's just like the belief. The believing part is the hardest part, but if we right. can rest in that... Um, then that is like that's when we're able to see what God is doing, I think, and we're at least able to rest in it. But if you're sitting there, and again for me, I'm a very internal person. I think I have some, some. I definitely have overthinking tendencies, but it's just kind of like same. I'm sitting there. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, yeah, but what if like, you know, it's like God's telling me to rest in an area. Okay, but yeah, but what if this and what if that? And it's a lot of fear talking. But that doubt, it causes that double-mindedness, which makes you unstable, and um, it makes you unable to see when when God actually... You haven't received it. it. You can't receive it when you're just afraid all the time. Mm. So you can't experience that peace. I think that's why as well, like in Scripture, that's why He gives us community, you know? Yeah. Um, because... I mean, we have the word of God to shake us out of that mentality, but sometimes we're just so stubborn and God likes to use his people to shake us out of our own foolishness and stupidity uh, and our narrow sightedness. And so yeah, um, that's why community is just important as well and why he's put that in there. Everything that for our life is is in the Bible, like how to live it out, like, you know. Yeah. Do you know what Bible stands for? Huh. It's basic instruction before leaving earth. (laughs) 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 I've heard it like that. How much how much time we got? Okay, yeah, no, we've been going for almost two hours, so I'm ready to wrap it up. So unless you had something that you really wanted to hit. Nah. We can wrap it up. I do want to say real quick that like if I was listening to this podcast, I would I would be tempted to slip into the mindset of like um, okay, these are things that I can do to like fix myself. Um, like if I believe and don't doubt, or if I fix my interpretation of love or who God is, then I'll be good. But like life is a journey. Our faith is a journey. Mm-hmm. Sanctification is a journey. Um, so if you are like, um, in a position where you feel like you're not good enough at a bunch of areas, like give yourself some grace, experience the grace God has for you. And I mean, Ask, ask him to help you in those areas. But it's a journey, and it's not up to you to fix yourself either. Not so. at all. It, it just all goes back to the gospel. Like, we we can do nothing. It's only through Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't don't listen to this thinking we got all the answers, because your boy don't, right? <laughs> I really None don't. Do. But yeah. it really is just, I love how God allows us to go through life and really just allow us to experience certain things to realize like certain things you know so everything is about not about the destination it's about the journey yeah cool thank you guys for joining us be back with you with another bottle later